I'm Mark Stedman, and I sense a deep dejection in your diodes. I'm John Burns, and hell, I'm relieved to hear you say that, because I thought I must be going mad. I'm Danny Smith, and look, if everybody knew what I was going to say, then there'd be no point in me saying it, would there? It was on display in the bottom of a locked filing cabinet, stuck in a disused lavatory with a sign on the door saying, Beware of the Leopard. leopard From the outpost, this is Beware of the Leopard, your indispensable compendium to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. We still have a lot of S's to get through, so let's start by getting guttural. Slim's Throat Emporium is a bar Ford and Hot Black Desiato used to crash, pretending to be health inspectors. It's uh, been a while since we've had one of these. Danny, what the hell does one find in a throat emporium? Blowjobs? No. 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 (laughs) Um, It's a bar, right? It's a bar. Yeah, it's a bar. Right, okay, but what... But it, it didn't, isn't it? Didn't used to be a bar. That's the whole point. It's one of these trendy bars that used to be a shoe shop. Mm. It's now called Bootmakers of the World. The bar. <laughs> I've got two thoughts on this. One of them's a boring thought. Okay, and uh, I'll do that first. Right. So maybe it's just the poor Babelfish translation. Okay. Yeah. Have you got any ideas where it might be poor translation from? I, I don't know. I don't speak any alien languages. <laughs> <laughs> I barely speak this one. Oh, I'm thinking what would be a better sort of. Um, uh, what would have been what would have better synonyms be Mm. thirst shop throat pain shop so maybe they characterized throat pain uh, like thirst as throat pain and so there was a word for that like thirst that literally translated as throat pain and it just got changed to throat shop okay like uh, like some of the mistranslations in the bible when they're saying like um they meant goat and it comes out as kill your firstborn. Yeah, or, or like the fact that there's unicorn and dragons all, all quoted in the Bible through translations. Um, but yeah, that's the boring thought. What I also, what I thought is that it's just a playful use of language. And that's not the, that's not the boring <laughs> no, thought. It's, it, no, that's, a, that's an interesting thought. It's a nice bit of slang, right? Because we have like loads of obtuse and roundabout ways of referring to stuff, like mm-hmm. um, just for drinking... There's the bending of the elbow or mm. the raising of the wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 using clever little ways of, of of referring to something in a slangy way. Are you suggesting that this is essentially um, a a second mention for a bar? So uh, you know how um, in newspaper articles uh, you'll say, I don't know, for example, there was one uh, recently this week that said, uh, blah 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 blah, the moon. Then blah blah blah. The Earth's singular spherical satellite <laughs> on the on second mention. <laughs> Basically, this shop used to sell tunes, lockets, uh, fisherman's friends, <laughs> Hall's mentholiptus, and uh, because of the internet, uh, it's gone bust. And uh, a trendy wine bar uh, has uh, come on with its. Um, chalkboard outside it, those chalkboards right they're written by one guy who drives around the country writing all the chalkboards right in, yeah in the same way that all the chicken chop signs uh, are, are designed by one guy yeah and you know and they've got a, 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 a vegan burger mm-hmm. on the menu which is essentially a fucking mushroom <laughs> mushroom in a bun 15 pound um on the uh, on, on the translation front um i've done a little bit of work and um if we take throat emporium from Chinese and then into Irish uh, and then back to English, we get brush meal uh, and meal has two L's, uh, which is an, a word in Irish that Google Translate can't translate out of. 
So it's translated something into Irish, but it can't get the word out again. That sounds like one of those Brexit. Mm, maybe, maybe it's an alien's best guess at English, uh, like, at, like human English slang. Mm-hmm. So maybe they've gone. Isn't that nice? Look at those humans. Isn't that nice? They set little, little linguistic puzzles for each other, <laughs> and it's kind of like a no lose situation because if the person speaking it. Uh, and the person receiving it doesn't get it, then the speaker gets to feel all clever. But if they do, they feel like they're some part of club. I really like that about humans. Shall we name our thing something clever? Yeah. It's, I th- yes. I, well, we, we could basically ask Slim, right? Yeah. That, I mean, that, that would be the ideal thing. Unless he doesn't exist, like, uh, JD Weatherspoon. Oh, like Big John. Big John exists, right? No, no, Big John doesn't exist. Big, uh, the guy who owns Big John's is, uh, called Mohammed. Yeah, yeah, but what, what is his size? He only uses John, so he, uh, to, for the gas bill. <laughs> this is a, a local reference, um, and I, I will try and find information about Regional it. jokes will get your regional audiences. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and now, in order to move us to the next segment, I'll need to open this envelope. The planet of cricket was to be enclosed for perpetuity in an envelope of slow time, inside which life would continue almost infinitely slowly. All light would be deflected around the envelope so that it would remain invisible and impenetrable. Escape from the envelope would be utterly impossible unless it were locked from the outside or unlocked from the outside which is probably more correct. When the rest of the universe uh, came to find uh, came to its final end and life and matter ceased to exist, then the planet of Cricket and its sun would emerge from the envelope and continue a solitary existence such as it craved in the twilight of the universal void. So, um, not to peek uh, too far behind the curtain, um, but the script does now go on to say, John, something about Brexit, I guess, which kind of seems like a possibly just phoning it in at this point um but john would you be prepared to place the call you want this to be a brexit metaphor um okay um pretty much anything can be a brexit metaphor if you want it to (laughs) um might be where i was going i don't know what what do you what do you want out of this one um (laughs) comedy i need about five minutes of comedy that can be uh inserted uh and cut out and and, and made into a chapter uh please uh and maybe all the better if it goes viral okay yes douglas adams uh said about actually the next item on the list uh is is a a much better brexit metaphor but this is a nice little metaphor, actually, for Theresa May's Brexit strategy. Uh-huh. She just, um, her negotiations and her movements are just moving incredibly, incredibly slowly, basically on the hope that the universe explodes before she has to deal with the idea that the Tory party is going to split when she makes a decision. <laughs> um, she's encompassed uh, things in a sort of parliamentary rule book slow time um and she's got she's got her sort of cricket robots uh, sort of uh rory uh stewarts and her uh amber rudds and her um dominic uh whatever little wood it's not <laughs> little wood, is it? It as well but they they'll, they'll go out and say absolute whatever bollocks it is to kick you kick a can so far down the road eventually it goes into the long grass <laughs> but uh if someone was running through that wheat field they could come they could get they could get quite badly cut um who gives i mean jesus christ uh there can be 
absolutely no one in the world that still gives a fuck whether inside or outside the european union at all can there no one gives a no it doesn't matter no one gives a damn look john you lost get over it i mean di- <laughs> diabetics have got a hand in it right <laughs> anyone that needs a continued supply of medicine might be, might have some strong feelings at this point well i don't know <laughs> the, 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 that is probably a side effect that makes them care i don't know but the, the, i mean just really jesus christ it's just going on and on and on and on and on and it's um i voted to remain but i voted for lots of things i ain't got i never got anything i voted for in my bloody life <laughs> i voted communist i voted green i voted for a labor government in the hope that it would be a labor socialist government and it of course it wasn't i've voted for uh a proportional representation i've voted for remaining in the european union i've voted um not to do this podcast on a tuesday night when it's so cold and i'm freezing in the shed i've voted not to have to uh, go to the pub on thursdays i've voted jesus voting doesn't solve anything anyway you can cut this part. <laughs> <laughs> Go on there. Um, cricket is a very, very, very good. <laughs> I think we just witnessed John implode. Can I just point something out? John Bounds is one of the smartest people I know. Like genuinely, one of yeah, the smartest oh God, people yeah. I know. I, 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 I genuinely love him for it. And if he is this inarticulate about Brexit, yeah, how the fuck are normal, normal brain human beings supposed to have any coherent opinion? How are mere mortals supposed to be able to make sense of the world if John is is struggling to? Yeah, absolutely. I can make sense of it. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't shoehorn it into this metaphor. Well, you see. I don't think. I, I mean, I don't know if it's that. If it's that stretched of a metaphor. I mean, here we've got uh, the most isolationist of planets that basically wants. I mean, it, it it wants nothing more than to to be alone in the world and to and to push everything else away. So much so that it will quite happily destroy everything else. Whereas, obviously, us as an island nation, we wanted to conquer everything else rather than destroy it. Um, but we are now at the point where we just want to push everything away, and it might just be better of, uh, for us, um, seeing as we can't be trusted to make sensible decisions, that we should perhaps be enclosed in a slow time envelope and just let to sort of do what we want and carry on doing our little island nation things and then maybe in a thousand years we can be let out and you know when the world has enlightened um and and they can welcome us with with open arms and pity just that's not a bad show <laughs> have you there's a really great i think anyway julian barnes novel called england england okay and there are lots of things going on in it um but there are, there are there's two main thrusts that are um interesting now number one uh, basically, someone sets up an England theme park <laughs> for Americans and Japanese people and stuff, and they set it up on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> and what they do, they tend they they basically move everything from England to the Isle of Wight. So they bribe the royal family to move to the Isle of Wight, <laughs> so that the tourists is there. They oh yes, um, they sort of set up. Um, a parliament there that people can go and visit and they build all these sort of minute, slightly miniature versions of the things people want to go and visit in England mm-hmm. on the Isle of Wight. And eventually this, this 
precipitates a mass exodus from England, mm. which is goes downhill because no one wants to go visit there. So lots of people go to work in the theme park on the Isle of Wight. Lots of people give up and go to Europe or America, leaving England empty pretty much, leaving it sort of ungovernable because there aren't enough people, leaving it un sort of suppliable because it isn't, uh, you know, the infrastructure isn't there anymore, leaving everything to become local and go sort of super rural. There's a sort of scene in it where there's a village fate and the the policeman is uh, leading the parade and no one knows if he's really a policeman. He just turned up in the village one night with a uniform <laughs> and there's no infrastructure to find out whether he really is a copper. Oh, wow. But it's like, it's gone, it's gone that far that and England has returned to a sort of, sort of pre-lapsarian um, 1950s idyll. So, yeah, so this, England returns to this sort of the the sort of idyll that your uh, your Brexit um, people are after, and I don't know where I'm going with this either. Very good book. <laughs> Link is in the show notes. I'm reading a very good book at the moment called The Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, which I would recommend. Uh, I would recommend it to um, Beware of the Leopard listeners. Could you recommend it if they went to um, Audible.com/slash/leopard? I mean audiblepodcast.com slash leopard I think probably still exists no one's ever used it which is why we don't do audible recommendations anymore but yeah uh, in theory uh, yes they come on listeners get your dicks out the custard come on (laughs) Uh, and now uh, the next segment is frankly none of my concern the somebody else's problem field is simple and effective and can be run for over 100 years on a single torch battery. This is because it relies on people's natural disposition not to see anything that they don't want to, weren't expecting or can't explain. If Ephrafax the magician had painted the mountain pink and erected a cheap and simple SEP field on it instead of trying to make it disappear, then people would have walked past it, round it, even over it and simply never have noticed that the thing was there. Danny, if you had a pocket field generator along the lines of the SEP, what field would yours generate? I think for me, I'd go for some kind of uh, perception filter that changed my appearance to that of a taller, more charming and successful and attractive podcaster. Um, what about you? you are at least some of those things that you just said. He ain't taller. <laughs> I wish I was a little bit taller. <laughs> Do you wish you were a baller by any chance? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... If I had one of these little generators that would generate a field so people perceive me differently, I would have a I am totally meant to be here generator. <laughs> so, like, one of the – I think it's a uniquely English problem. You're not sure if you're actually meant to be here. Maybe the door's not marked properly. Or, oh, God. Yes. Or, or there's no one else there yet. So you go to the cinema and you go to the screen and there's no one else there. It's like, am I supposed to be here? Like, Or are they finished? Have they finished cleaning it? up or it's that 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 slightly awkward am i am i supposed is this the right badge color for to be in this particular area and you spend so much time worrying about it um so it'd just be nice to have a little thing that generated the field that you know that anyone that perceived you would go yeah 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 that's they're totally meant to be here yeah that is wonderful that is that it's that is the field I was searching for that I didn't know I wanted you have nailed it sir because you know you you know that that point where you're like where you have to make yourself happy, you go, well, there's no sign saying that I can't. Yep. Yep. So I'll try and forget about it. And that's, that's what I, when the big, when the man comes, when the big man comes yeah. in the uniform and says, why are you here? Yeah. I can say, I can say, 
oh, there was no science. And that makes you feel a little bit better because you can see, oh, there's no science. So he goes, okay, I won't arrest you or put you to death or whatever. Imaginary thing that you're imagining the big bad man will go, will do if he catches you where you shouldn't be. That's the thing that puts your, uh, your mind at rest. But if you've got this little generator, it'd be like, oh, huh. Yeah, you're totally meant to be here. One of my favourite books as a kid is, uh, I've talk- mentioned this several times, um, is Grinny by Nicholas Fisk. And the way, uh, and, and, and the, the story is basically, I mean, spoiler for a kid's book, I think it's fine. I haven't read it. <laughs> um, well, she's a, she's a, she's an alien come to, um, do experiments on adult humans to find out, um, if the earth is worth uh, taking over and how do you find that out by sticking things up people's bums <laughs> there's less about sticking it's more it's more observing it's more it's more just watching watching people's bums okay i'm definitely it's not necessarily a results based it's more of a process based <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um and and her her thing um is whenever she meets an adult she looks them square in the eye and says oh you remember me and that's a sort of that's the uh, trigger phrase that basically hypnotizes them into not noticing that she's not their great aunt, great aunt, which is how she always, you know, so she, she, um, infiltrates this family and everyone suddenly is just like, Oh yes, it's great aunt, great aunt Millie. Um, and it's, it's because she, she uses this, this thing. And, and yeah, so I think we are, we're, we're talking at a, at a similar purpose here. It's this, it's, it's this psychic paper um that uh that doc that you know that the doctor has that allows him to go into any situation and say yes i belong here um uh, yeah i want i want that in my pocket i want my smartphone to generate that field that would be marvelous some people just have that though i think some people already generate that field i mean the, the, i mean you can get around it by simply not giving a fuck like yes by kind of projecting or like what what's what's the worst that's going to happen if mm-hmm. somebody catches me here like well, the very worst the police will come like and real realistically worse the police will come and arrest me for trespassing but then they'll go oh well, that was a mistake though so like or like like somebody will go, you're not actually meant to be here, and you go, oh, terribly sorry, I won't be here anymore. You might get shouted at, Danny. Yeah, but is that is that so bad? Yeah, the man might shout at me. But then they go all red-faced, and that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when somebody's really shouting at you, and they really care about what they're saying, and you, you are not that fussed, and yes, it's yes. the funniest thing in the world, because yes. it's like, wow, you have, little fiefdoms. have a really strong emotional <laughs> connection it's to... It's really, really important to you that I don't climb the fence and cut through this park uh, because it cuts 10 minutes off my journey <laughs> me, me and john actually was um hung over as all bastards once and we were about to walk under a pier and um we just stepped over the line saying do not go past this point and it was oh. like a little just a little chain and we stepped over again so and this man appeared from nowhere this really angry red-faced small official man with a clipboard <laughs> like super super cross what are you doing it's dangerous you can't do that and we were just we, we were at the point of hangover where we genuinely didn't care we were like yeah but but we'll be fine and we're grown ups and it's it's fine and he was like oh no he's crossing in a big man with him a big big buildery man <laughs> and we were like oh god okay fair enough right so we went back up um to the road um up the stairs and watched these two who both without helmets stepped over the barrier and walked underneath the pier <laughs> <laughs> 
And then less than a year later, the bastard thing did fall down. So <laughs> yeah, it did. did. <laughs> I'd like the almost the reverse of this field. I don't know how much it would uh, cost to uh, to implement, or how many uh, whether it would take a single uh, <laughs> AA battery or a big fat D battery or, or anything like that. But um, I'd like a it's your problem field, and I'd like to point that at everybody because. <laughs> If you're the sort of person that takes responsibility for things and thinks that things are your problem, it's fucking exhausting because you have to do it. You have to continually do it. Like, and in the early days, for example, of the social internet, people used to say, oh, blah, blah, blah. We need to fix this thing about, um, I don't know, there being not been any spaces for people to do this. So you go, oh shit. Yeah. We're going to have to have a meeting about this. We're going to have to sort this out. And then, um, Oh yeah, we also we we can't find a, a decent listings tool because no one's coming to the events we're holding. This. Oh yeah, yeah, I have to go to uh, to that. And um, the, this isn't being promoted. Pro- oh yeah, I have to go to yeah. We we can sort that. We'll go to a, a meeting uh, a, a, about that. And eventually, your chocker with so many meetings, there isn't time to actually do any of the things you've decided upon doing in any of the other meetings, and you essentially just get twisted and burnt up and. Bat out by uh, society who is forcing the few people that care about everything to sort everything out. I mean, it's not fair. We shouldn't have to sort out Brexit. I don't want to vote again. <laughs> I voted once. Sort it. Look, you're right. We could sit around here all day talking, passing resolutions, making clever speeches. It's not going to shift one Roman soldier. Oh, I don't know. I tell you what. Here's the thing about. Here's the thing about your Brexit. Oh yeah. We used to think didn't we, that those people whose entire political philosophies was based on whether or not we were in or out of the European Union trading bloc were mental. (laughs) And the thing is, they were. (laughs) And now all the people whose political philosophy is based entirely on whether or not we're inside or outside a European trading bloc, they're still mental. (laughs) It's just different people. And now for another book that didn't sell quite as well as The Guide. Ulan Kaluthid's book, Some More of God's Greatest Mistakes, is the second in his trilogy of heretical works. Uh, John, we've already discussed where God went wrong uh, and also talked about the book. Um, But what would you put uh, up there as one of God's greatest mistakes? Well, the whole let there be light thing didn't go particularly well, did it? I mean, mean, it's not like anything particularly good uh, came after that. uh, No, your big mistake in your genesis is, of course, giving man uh, dominion over the animals uh, of the beasts of the of the the, the land and the, the fish of the sea and of woman um, because essentially you give any power corrupts and uh, man men most men are absolutely ill-suited to power of any kind I, it's almost difficult to think of there's any other creatures that God had created that it wouldn't have been better to put in charge uh quite frankly i mean put the the sloth in charge the elephant the unicorn the snake actually that bloody serpent would have done a decent job at least he knew where the fruit was <laughs> but i mean he, he, he's a basically i don't know actually that's not true because god god lays a lot of traps in your in your bible mm-hmm. yeah that that's the confusing thing that the trap laying god the, aha, I got you, God. Douglas Adams says something about this, I think. He, he, um, he says something about 
you read the Bible and God is the sort of man who would glue a penny to the pavement to watch people try and pick it up <laughs> or to put a brick underneath a hat that's left on the floor, knowing that some people go and kick the hat for fun. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the sort of God who will tell Abraham to sacrifice his son and then go, aha, mm-hmm. just testing. Mm-hmm. The guy that makes, uh, invents pigs and then says you can't eat them. <laughs> not that I want, not that I want no, to no. eat them, but, uh, yeah. it's the tortoises I want to eat. Mm, <laughs> but he did, but God, I think Ulan Kalufid, uh, is, He's bang on. Mm-hmm. I think he's a trio of, uh, of uh, heretical uh, philosophical blockbusters. You could probably have wrapped it up in one uh, book. God is a twat. <laughs> is that a, is that a Dawkins? Uh, <laughs> That's the collected omnibus edition that you uh, that will be cheap in the works at some point. You know, in the little box, it will be God is a twat. The Elon Kalufid collection featuring Richard Dawkins' new bestseller, Mohammed. What a c- <laughs> Subtitle Buddha, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> Buddha is a fat bastard. <laughs> Yahweh, no way. It's Yahweh or the highway. <laughs> Yahweh, the lads. Pope, your shit in the woods or out of it. <laughs> and now, oh no, it's it's time to go to the beach. When I was young, I used to have this nightmare about dying, says Arthur aboard the starship Heart of Gold. I used to lie awake at night screaming. All my friends went to either heaven or hell and I was sent to South End. That was always one of my favourite lines um, when I heard it originally. Uh, has anyone been? Is it basically just sort of fine? We've been, we went to South End, yeah, we went to South End together, yeah. We to, basically, if, if there's a pair there, we went there. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so uh, to... to to understand this in context, um, you'd have to know that me and John wrote a book where we visited all the piers in England and Wales in two weeks, 11 days. No spoilers. So, yeah, we've been to everywhere there was piers. Southend was an interesting one. It's got the longest pier in England, mm-hmm. possibly the world, uh, depending on your definition of pier, which isn't a very fixed thing, we found out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we were very excited to go there. But one thing that sticks out about Southend for me is because we were so bored listening to the like six music all the way around that we were scanning for um, pirate radio stations, like local radio stations, Mm -hmm. and we came across this corker of a DJ, like Alan Partridge levels incompetent. Like, at one point, he was doing the crossword and asking the viewers to help him with it. Like, I'm not... I I didn't imagine that, John. I'm not exaggerating. Like, that genuinely happened, right? There was an entire link where he was moaning that someone had drank the beer out of the fridge. Yeah, because the beer was meant for the guests and they're not supposed to drink it. (laughs) He did a whole link about that. Um, He he went through the post. (laughs) He literally picked up the post and started going, yeah, that's that's for us. That's, you know, that's that's next door. No. That's that's, that's it. We have been pre-approved for... <laughs> that was for the radio station that moved out two years ago, but hasn't bothered to change its address. And we thought this was hilarious. Now, to go around the country, it requires people that drive. John drives, but he didn't want to. <laughs> um, I don't drive, so we had to get a driver. And the driver that we got was a guy called Mitch. Lovely, lovely Mitch. He's called Mitch because, A, people don't know his actual name. John does, I think. And B, because he's very, very small. Now, there's something of the bully in me that <laughs> really likes to pick on Mitch. There's something about his smallness, there's something about his sincerity, and there's something about his niceness that makes makes me want to wind him up. So 
we came up with this character called DJ Slapdash, <laughs> and we kept on inventing jingles for him. Uh, by the way, the, the, the jingles on the pirate radio station were the most obnoxious and ear-splitting that I've heard. So we started going... Cool. <laughs> DJ Constantly, right? And it is the only time the entire eleven days that Midge lost his call. Oh, he no. turned around. Will you just fucking shut up? And it was so, so, so satisfying. It was <laughs> there was a moment silence where everybody was like, <gasps> we um, we and then I pissed myself laughing. <laughs> oh, he got his own back though. Um, his black, his glasses broke. So we spent a lot of the time that we were in South End looking for a pair of sunglasses that would fit his tiny head. <laughs> I'm not sure that that means he got his own back. Oh, dragging us around shopping centres when we've been in the car all week. It was the weirdest thing I've been in. Yeah, that is th- that that is the sign of a sociopath. A thing happened to someone else, um, and you you managed to make that basically about you getting retribution or him you know getting retribution on you you know the two things weren't related i was also poking him with a plastic sword so like <laughs> take that into account what happened to that sword i assume you broke it and one time you smashed me around the head with it um <laughs> why am i friends with you Awesome with plus. But returning to South, returning to yeah. South End, which of course we probably won't ever. Um, <laughs> I have to go to that pier, you know. I, I genuinely have to. It's. I've wrote. I've written a book about piers. I was about to say I wrote in a book about piers. I've written a book about piers, and I've never been to the longest pier in England. That that's that shows the level of research that I'm willing to do. <laughs> in fact, no, it's fine. That I've never been to it. Well, South End. South End is um over. I say resort just <laughs> stretching it, but it's a, it's a holiday destination, a, a day trip destination for those of the East London persuasion. And that makes it exactly how it sounds. Yeah. The most exciting thing about South End Pier is that the uh, end sequence of uh, late period Minder was shot on it. Oh, wow. Not Dennis Waterman Minder, Dennis Waterman, friend of the podcast, <laughs> but um, the uh, the other guy. Not Gary Webster. Gary Webster, yeah. well no, done. No, I looked it up on They Wikipedia. walk yeah. all the way to the end of South End Pier and uh, back, and then Arthur goes, oh, shit, I forgot my lighter. So they have to walk all the way back to the, <laughs> back to the end of... South End Pier again, and that is the only interesting fact that we could find to put in our book about <laughs> South End. Oh, it was closed when we got there, by the way. I think I remember reading that, yeah. Wasn't that where we saw the advertisements for the um, a Lucky Likeys? There was a local bar and they were doing like a Lucky Likey festival of like different bands like Steps and <laughs> Atomic uh, Kitten. Oh, it God. doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I think that might have been further into Yarmouth somewhere, but they, it wouldn't surprise me. They definitely had a pirate festival. Yes, there. there were lots of people wandering around dressed as pirates, <laughs> which which is why I think that um, Danny got the plastic sword just in case he was attacked. <laughs> that, that happened. Yeah, a lot of a lot of that trip is um, it has gone into my memory and filed under. Not sure if most of that happened or not. <laughs> Uh, and now, get your globbering gear around this. Squanchellus beta is where cushions come from. Squanchellus zeta is where mattresses come from. 
Marvin ends up stranded here after the disaster area stunt ship, uh, our heroes hijacked, smashed into the heart of a sun. There are also other planets in the Squanchellus uh, system, but they aren't canon, so there. Danny, uh, is it weird that there don't seem to be any other life forms on Squanchellus Zeta? Wouldn't it be swarming with people from Space Casper or Intergalactic Intergalactic Lisa? Well, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I want to answer this question. I genuinely do, but I have to clear up some definitions first. Okay. okay. What is Squanchellus Zeta? Squanchellus Zeta is where mattresses come from. Right. It's a swamp planet. It's where Zem flollops. Yeah, it's where Zem flollops, and it's where Marvin ends up stranded after the disaster area stunt ship, uh, our heroes hijacked, smashed into the heart of the sun. Right. What's a space Casper? Uh, so Casper is a uh, brand of uh, mattress that advertises on podcasts. Uh, Lisa is a brand of mattress that advertises on post- podcasts that isn't Casper. Right. So now you basically know everything you need to know. Wouldn't it be funny? I was, I was um, proposing posing for some sort of comedy bit that it might be funny that the people from these um, companies that make mattresses would be swar- swarming around Squanchellus Zeta trying to harvest um, people like Zem. Well, they're all called Zem. Uh, right. What, what you've done there is basically confused me with somebody that uh, knows what Casper and Lisa are oh. and has read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in the last 10 years. Oh, great. So so oh, I've damn. picked exactly the right person to do a podcast with. It's, it's good to know that when we're in our final season. When we discussed this, we always said that my role would be the person that asks questions about the different aspects. I'd be, I'd take the, the role of the listener that may not be as familiar with the, with the, with the uh, trilogy as, as. Did, did we, did we, did we agree that? Yeah, we agreed that. Okay. It was discussed. I'm pretty sure it was discussed. Okay. Are you the on, are you saying you're the engineer. Yeah, if you, <laughs> yeah. if you go through the hundreds of hours that we've recorded on and off, mostly off, <laughs> then <laughs> you can you can uh, you can find out that we had that actual conversation. Sure, I think you probably hit the cutting room floor. <laughs> um, so, um, how do they how do they harvest the mattresses? Well, this is this is the question. Is that never discussed, like in canon, like uh, not in detail? Um, they are they caught and dried. Um, and uh, and that's about it. Now they're, they're conscious, so I'm not entirely sure what happens. But at some point, they have to be killed, um, which I guess is a shame. Maybe they um, they run safaris, so uh, rich, overprivileged oh. people can uh, go out into the wild and um, shoot a tranquilized uh, mattress that um, has already been caught and um, and medicated to make themselves feel like big, powerful people. Because obviously, having all the money in the world enough to go on a safari, it doesn't. And being white. It doesn't enough. make them feel powerful enough. I like the idea that the slightly stained mattresses you find down alleyways are ones that have somehow escaped to Earth and uh, just are sleeping rough. <laughs> oh, little refugee mattresses. Oh, refugee mattresses. Oh, my God, that's heartbreaking. It is little uh, pocket sprung asylum seekers. See, they, they basically come over here to just they're after benefits, you know? <laughs> Coming over here being slept on. Lazy, if anything. So the um, the other planets in the Squanchellus uh, system that that, that aren't canon, <laughs> just just because they're written by um, Owen uh, Owen Colfer. What are they? There's uh, Squanchellus uh, Alpha, which is I can't remember where I can't remember what they are now, but they're they're a couple, and there's different um, soft 
things, um, <laughs> basically soft furnishings that exist. The Squanchellus Gamma, the planet of the poofs. <laughs> there is Squanchellus Gamma, yes. Um, and I, I can't, I can't uh, off the top of my head remember what um, what we find there's, there. There's a planet for there's a planet for those uh, little Scotty dog uh, shaped things that are stuffed full of beans. Oh yeah, uh, that are used for door stops. Uh, the planet of the um, slightly crinoline ma- uh, toilet roll covering doll. Yes. There's the planet uh, of the bundles of sticks in a um, vase that's made to look decorative, but it's just a bundle of sticks. The planet of the potpourri that you can't tell whether or not it's actually meant to be posh crisps. <laughs> oh, they're, 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 uh, they're fr- fried beetroot, fried beetroot and uh, sweet potato. <laughs> or is it air fresh, though? Um, I was just going to ask, has everybody everybody on this podcast, apart from me, has read the Owen Kalufa the Owen, uh, Owen Kalufa? Yeah, o- Owen Kalufa. I can see where you've gone Kalufa because of Kalufa, but it's o- Owen Kalufa. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, and we, another we, thing, yes. Y- you all read them? Mm-hmm. Is there any one? I read it when it first came out. I thought it was a bit crap. I can't really remember anything mm-hmm. about it. So is it worth reading? That's what That's what I was going to ask. No. Is it... I think it's not worth buying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a fair assessment. I think it's better than... See, I know some people really don't like book three. I like book three. Um, I think it's better than book five i love book five book five is my favorite see i i think i like book four because of um i think there was a there was a nice story in there and also there were a lot of nice douglas asides which i quite like there's not actually a lot of book in there but there's a lot of douglas kind of just having opinions about things which i quite enjoyed um whereas book five i don't know it, it didn't didn't grab me as much and i i honestly think that um and another thing is possibly better than one out of the five uh, and you can probably choose which one but it's not you know it, it's not the first two you know by any stretch if you see it in, if you see it in an ox fan pick it up yeah yeah so you're a writer now <laughs> <laughs> i'm having fun uh, you, you, but you're writing you're you're producing words in a sequential order that's, you're communicating ideas through the medium of words yes yeah sorry mate yeah. i don't know who said it but being a writer is like having homework every day for the rest of your life <laughs> Well, that just about wraps it up for the show. Thank you very much for listening as ever. We will be with you next week. In the meantime, you can follow uh, John Bounds at Bounder on Twitter. You can follow Danny at Probably Drunk. And that's the end of that sentence. Um, Thank you. uh, And uh, we'll see you next week. So until then, share and enjoy. This podcast is produced by Podient. To find out more, visit podiantproductions.com. Big John. Big John. Big John. Was that the Domestos advert? <laughs> it, was, it was used for a Domestos advert. It was a hit in about 1978. Mm. I don't know who from. It's probably the singing fucking milkman or something, I knew. <laughs>